23 years old, but Matt was really good at what he did. So good that this young man who grew up in New Jersey found himself in Athens, Greece on August 23rd, 2004. He was there as a guest, but also as a representative of the United States of America. Looking down the barrel of his rifle, 50 meters away, Matt Emmons was one shot away from winning gold. His previous shots had placed him so far ahead of his competitors that all he needed was to score a 6.7 in order to secure gold. What is 6.7 in, in rifling? It meant that all he had to do is basically hit the target. His last shots, his worst scoring was 9.3. If he was anywhere close, he had the gold. He aimed in. He monitored his breathing. And he kept saying over and over again, just stay calm. He pulled the trigger. The bullet shot out of the end of his barrel straight towards the target and hit dead center bullseye and he knew that he had won. And everybody else knew he had just lost. Some of you may be familiar with this story. I shared with it with you several years back of Matt Emmons, and you're thinking, how did this happen? You can imagine how the scene played out because the camera was focused in on the target in which he was to hit. The problem was, Everybody heard the sound of the gun and no one saw any mark made on the target. The reason was the camera was focused in on the target that was directly in front of Matt. But in his excitement, in his anxiousness, in his lack of focus, instead of looking at the target in front of him, he accidentally shot at the target next to it. He scored a zero. He went from gold medal to eighth place because he wasn't focused on the right thing. You can say, but it doesn't matter. He aimed at something and he hit what he aimed at. And this is true. Shouldn't he win something? According to the Olympic Committee and the rules in which they follow, they said you have to hit the right target. And if you don't, you are awarded no points. This morning we're going to talk a little bit about what took place in Israel and in Judah 
back thousands of years ago, and I quickly want to highlight how they did some things well, but they were looking at the wrong target. If you have your Bibles, if you would, open uh, with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to be spending a little bit of time looking at what was to take place there. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I'm going to pick up in verse 11. Uh, We've been talking about this in class. You'll hear more about it when all of you, it's going to get tight, I know, but all of you are going to feel compelled to want to go into the classroom so we can talk more about 2 Chronicles and learn that it is in the Old Testament. It has nothing to do with 2 Corinthians. And there's some great pieces of information and some stories that we can learn from Israel and, and especially Judah's history. But at this point, there's still the United Kingdom, not united as in England, united as in they haven't divided yet. Solomon is king. He has followed his father David and in his footsteps to this point. And he's done something that he's always wanted to do. And he's done something that his dad always wanted to do. And that was to build a temple. And I wish we had time to just read the prayer of Solomon. It's a really, really long prayer as far as prayers go. But man, it's a fantastic one. And he finishes this prayer in which he's dedicated it to God. And God is now going to speak to Solomon after the temple has been completed. And listen what God has to say. We're going to pick up in verse 11. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and he said, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Now listen how quickly God is going to warn him. He says, I'm coming to live here. I have chosen the place that you have built to be a place where I'm going to live. But he's going to quickly remind him, but I'm a holy God. And there's some standards in which you have to adhere to. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people... I want to stop for just a second. How do you like that? Solomon has just finished this temple. It has taken years and years and years. You can go back and look through all the dimensions that were followed, all the fabrics, all the materials that were brought in, all the gold that was used. He he offers a prayer to God and says, this is what I bring to you. And God says, I'm going to live here, but when I send calamity, when I send famine, when I send hardship upon you, Solomon's like, we just built the temple. You know, the the gold has just barely cooled. And here you are saying, and when you do this, God understood that he created humans who were flawed. 
and who are distracted. And we talk about things like keep calm and carry on and watch your breathing and focus on this. And God says, but you're looking at the wrong target. God says, when you look at the wrong target. But His whole point is not, you guys are going to mess up. That's not why He's saying this. But this is really important. He says, you guys are going to mess up. But listen to what He has to say. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. God says this, I'm coming to live here and you're going to miss up. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to leave you as long as you humble yourself and you seek me. As long as you put your focus back on me. It's easy to lose focus. We find it all throughout the Bible. Martha, at her home, loses focus. Jesus, Son of God, in the house, He's talking, she's not listening. In fact, she's so distraught about the whole situation that she goes to Jesus and tattles on her sister. Jesus, don't you know that there's a lot of things that have to be done around here? And Mary's not helping me out. Would you tell Mary to stop talking to you and stop listening to you and instead to help me with the dishes? And you could say Martha is a really good housekeeper and a great host. She hit a bullseye. But she's aimed at the wrong target. He hit the nail on the head. And he drove the nail exactly where it needed to go right here between these two bones, the the radius and the ulna, so that that nail would go right there and allow the victim to hang from his hands. As far as carpentry goes, as far as being a tool man, this guy did exactly what he was supposed to do. It tore through the flesh, into the wood, setting the nail onto that cross beam, which would ultimately lift up the Son of God. After he had accomplished that, surely he could have gone back around his friends and they could have talked about how it only took four strikes of the hammer 
rather than the normal five or six because he used greater force. And they could have said, wow, you really did a good job of getting that nail through the wrist into the wood. Sure, he hit the bullseye, but he was aimed at the wrong target. Paul was the same way. You talk about people who were zealous for God. Paul had gone everywhere. Well, he's still Saul at this point, but we're going to call him Paul. He had gone everywhere, and he was stomping, stamping out this new religion that was saying the laws of God really weren't that important anymore. That for thousands of years... The Jewish people were called to remember the Sabbath. And some crazy guy comes out who does nothing good. Nothing good. He stirs up people. He's a lowly, uneducated carpenter from Nazareth. And he walks in and he says, hey, by the way, this temple that you serve, I want you to know that I'm really the temple because I'm really God. And the Jewish people were furious. And Saul went around finding people who followed this man named Jesus. And he was threatening them. He was running them out of their homes and out of their towns. And in certain cases, he even watched them as they were murdered. In the name of God, Saul watched people die. And on the road to Damascus, God would say, You hit the bullseye, but you're aimed at the wrong target. It's interesting if we go back and look into the Greek, the word for sin is this word hamartia. It's really a simple term that was used in archery that meant, get this, missing the mark. That's what sin is. Sin can look like a bullseye, but end up completely missing out. All throughout the Bible, we have examples of people who miss the mark. The rich young ruler, by all standards, hit bullseye after bullseye after bullseye. He was the rich young ruler. That's how he was described. He was rich, he was young, he was a ruler. He had it all. He had hit the bullseye and he came in contact with Jesus and Jesus said, you got a bullseye, but you're aiming for the wrong target. Sell everything. Give up your power. Give up your wealth. And come follow me. He hit the bullseye. And he missed the mark. 
Matt Emmons wasn't a, a failure by any stretch. In fact, he walked away from the 2004 Olympics with a gold medal, just not in the 50 millimeter, a 50 meter uh, three point position event. So he walked away with the gold. But I think more valuable than the medal that hung around his neck was the lesson he learned as he would go around and talk about that day when he missed the mark. And he said, I was so concerned about my breathing, I forgot to stay focused. And he goes around and he reminds people. He says, don't lose focus. All it takes is a little shift in attention and you miss it. You have to. To seek God. Jesus is going to talk to His disciples. And He's going to say this. If any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He says, for anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life for my sake, will find it. Now listen to this. Verse 25. What good is it if a man gains the whole world yet forfeits his very self? What good is it if you hit the target, you get the bullseye, but you're aimed in the wrong direction? This last Wednesday night when we met, we had a, a devotional and it normally have a class period. We do things a little differently. This one was more of a rant more than anything else. But I wanted to, to visit with our kids a little who were starting school and, and they were going to be surrounded by dozens and dozens and dozens of targets. And I'm not saying the targets are bad. Football is not bad. Academics is not bad. Being popular is not bad. But if it's not focusing on God, then you miss the mark. Paul is going to say in Galatians, he's going to say, I want you to know that my goal is to honor and please God. I'm not seeking the acceptance of men. And he says this, I cannot seek the approval of men and serve God. And so I'll reiterate what I said on Wednesday night, mainly to our kids, but to all of you as well. What are we really focusing on? This beautiful temple had been built. Solomon had prayed. And God said, don't lose focus. Look at me. Look at me. Don't lose focus. Just stay focused on me. He understood that a big temple... Didn't fix everything. King Solomon 
was about to usher in his entire nation into the wealthiest time any country would ever experience. And God said, don't lose focus. Look at me. Trust me. Find approval and acceptance and joy in me. And as I said on Wednesday night, guys, girls, teens, adults, be very careful about who you're really trying to please. And if somebody doesn't like you, don't worry about it. They're not going to like you. Listen, I'm about as close as you get to perfection right here. And there is somebody, maybe two people in this room that don't like me. Michael Cheney, stop smiling at me. You don't like me? Get in line. There's a lot more. There's a lot of people who don't like me. So, that's the hardest thing in the world for me to say. I'm not going to lie, it's the hardest thing. I want everybody to like me. I want all of you to like me. I will come over and take out your toilet and replace it for you because I want you to like me. I will go out and walk your dog, wash your car. I will do anything for you to like me. And that's really pathetic. And it's sinful. Because if all I care about is you liking me and you thinking I'm a nice guy or a good preacher, I do this or I do that, I'm completely aimed at the wrong target. I cannot... Praise, worship, and honor God if all that matters is what you think about me. Teenagers, I'm going to say it again in case it didn't sink in. That what people think about you as they walk up and down the halls and sit in the classroom and and, uh, gossip about on the cafeteria, in the cafeteria, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't let them determine your value. We lose focus. Adolescents lose focus. Adults lose focus. It is Satan's greatest ploy. He gets you to think that you're doing a great job because over and over and over again, you hit the bullseye and he's back there laughing, saying they have no idea that they're completely missing the mark. I'm awesome. God loves me. I have a great house. I have a good job. My marriage is okay. Everything is good. I've got kids that I'm getting out of the house soon. This is awesome. And Satan says, look, he thinks he's doing a great job. He's hitting all these. But here's one target over here that has not one score on it. Because he hasn't even looked over at God. I normally don't carry this on uh, Sunday morning. Although I will say I have this beautiful app I love on here. It automatically turns off my phone. Turns off the ringer. 
every Sunday morning. It's phenomenal. I don't even have to tell it to. At 7 a.m., the ringer goes off. It doesn't come back on. I'm just trying to figure out if I can get away with doing that like 168 hours a week. Like this thing never rings, and then my life would be better. This thing has just literally taken over. Study after study after study has shown how this thing is literally ruining our lives. And I know this is a soapbox I'm on, but I'm going to get it on again, and I'm really excited about this because Lance is going to be doing a class uh, starting in January, uh, and, and he's going to have the, the teenagers uh, and the parents of them. But I want to encourage anybody who's an adult and has one of these or seen, see, has seen one of these or knows someone who has one of these to attend that class. Let me give you just, just one little snippet. One, this is a, a long article that he showed me and I read through. Uh, and my wife and my son and I, we're going to sit down and, and look at that article uh, in the coming weeks. But he said there's one statistic. This is pretty phenomenal. Uh, since 2007, and that was at the point where I, I think that if I remember the, the article correctly, they said that's when 50% uh, of, of teenagers had these phones. Back in 2000, like a smartphone of some kind. Now that number in America is, you know, probably somewhere around 98%, you know, of adolescents have these phones. Uh, but they said after that time, 2007 to 2015, in that eight-year span, young girls' suicide rate tripled. Tripled. Studies have shown the more that kids look at these phones, and adults as well, the more that look at them, the more unhappy they are. Young men looking at these phones from 2007 to 2015, the suicide rate for teenagers has doubled. They're hitting the bullseye. They're, doing, they're Snapchatting and Instagramming and FaceTiming and Facebooking and they're all over this thing and this thing is all over them. And they look at themselves and they're unsatisfied. 56% fewer seniors in high school in 2015 have gone out on a date than in 2007. I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I just want you to say, this is the new focus. This is what we really want. Kids aren't going out to the mall, good, bad, or indifferent. Kids aren't going to hang out with friends. Kids aren't going out to the baseball field to hit the ball. They choose to sit in the room and stare at a phone. And we think, oh, that's great, they're not out drinking, okay? They're not out driving and tearing things up. And we say, well, we've hit the mark on that one. We're doing great. Did you know that the teen pregnancy rate nationwide has dropped down? And one of the reasons they say it's dropped down is because of this. Because they don't care to go out anymore. We're doing really good, we hit the mark, we figured that out. The drinking is down, the partying is down, the getting in trouble is down. 
We're doing really good. Maybe we, should, maybe we should get the government to buy everybody one of these and we can stare at these and then all of a sudden people will stop drinking and partying and getting into trouble. And we say we've hit the mark. Relationally? Spiritually? We haven't looked at that target in a long time. And we've missed it. So what do we do? We put down the phone, we turn off the TV, we disconnect with IT. What do we do? Do you remember what God said? What He said to Solomon, He didn't say, you messed up and I'm leaving you. He didn't say, it's all over. He didn't say, I can't believe that you messed up. He said, just turn back to me. I'm going to be right there. Just humble yourself and call on me and seek my face. And so this week, that's our challenge. Seek His face. Serve Him. If your peers don't like you, no big deal. If things not working out at work, God's still in control. If your phone battery goes dead and you think you don't know how to breathe, God is still here. Don't lose focus. Look to Him. Maybe maybe you look at your life and people can look at your life and they say, man, she has hit the mark every time, but inside you know that you've lost that relationship with your Lord and Savior. He says, just turn back to me and I'll welcome you. This morning as we stand and sing, may we worship a God who keeps His arms open and welcomes us home. Please come as we stand and sing.